not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses, I just want to be free from the power weakness had on me. I watch this newborn day unfold and promise myself I won't ask too much of it. After all, it's just a day. I won't expect to change the world or even myself today, but only not just both in a better direction. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. I'm Jean McCarthy, and that was a poem from my book, The Ember Ever There. And I'm reading it because I feel like. It's a great poem for starting the new year. You know, it's a new day, but it's a new year. And we don't need to fix everything all at once with this new year. We don't need to change the whole world. We just need to keep inching ourselves in better directions. And I am here on my own today on this show to welcome you to Season 9, Episode 1 of the Bobble Hour. So for those of you who are new to the show and don't know me, don't know my voice, so let me introduce myself. My name is Jean McCarthy. I am the author of a blog about recovery called Unpickled, and I started it on March 21st, 2011, which was my first day of sobriety. And it started in secret, but over time, I decided to show who I was because I was just having such a good experience interacting with so many people. So that's my blog where I've been writing about recovery for almost 10 full years now. And along the way, I joined this amazing group of women that was creating this podcast called The Bubble Hour. It began in 2012 with a pair of my friends uh, who I didn't know yet. Actually, they're my friends now, but I didn't know them then, Lisa and Ellie. And if you go way back in the archives, uh, 300 plus episodes back, you'll hear their very first episode that they did together. And it's so cute because podcasts were pretty new back then and they'd never used the format before. And you can hear that they're just finding their way and just wanting to create a space for us to talk about recovery together that we could stick into our ears and take with us as we go. And I was a listener of that show and a big fan of the show. And uh, eventually in, I think it was 2013, I joined the show and co-hosts Amanda and Catherine also joined and we all worked together and eventually everyone else moved on. Everyone's still sober but eventually uh, we all kind of moved on and for the last four or five season it's just been it's just been me interviewing guests every week. So that's a brief history (laughs) of the bubble hour and a brief history of me. And I also have written a couple of books in recent years about recovery, which you can find on my website, jeanmccarthy.ca. So that said, Happy New Year and welcome to 2021. Welcome to the bubble hour. Hello to new listeners. Welcome back to old listeners who haven't been around for a while and are checking us out again. And hello, hello to those of you who listen every single week. You know who you are. (laughs) A lot of you write me and uh, a lot of us have met at retreats and connected on Facebook. So a very special hello to everyone wherever you're at today. I wanted to share with you my word of the year, 
which is, drum roll, if you read my blog, you already know it. I chose the word less as my word of the year. So a lot of us in recovery have a tradition of choosing a word for the year that we sort of use as our touchstone. I'm at the point where I have taken so much out of my life because of pandemic restrictions. I live in Alberta, Canada. We are currently under pretty much lockdown, unless you're a politician here where we are making news because our politicians put the province on lockdown and then several of them went on vacation. That's a different podcast. (laughs) Anyway, it's pretty quiet around here these days. And I know that as we see the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic, I'll start to add things back in my life. And so I chose the word less to remind myself to be mindful of what I put back in my life. And that before the world slowed down and shut down, I was really feeling quite stretched and feeling like I was rushing from thing to thing. And I think that that is, in some ways, that's the way... I tend to operate. Even if I'm not busy, I'll make myself busy. It's a old coping skill. You guys, you know that, right? It's it's just another form of numbness. Honestly, when I was drinking, it was one of the reasons I was drinking was to cope with the discomfort of my busyness, which I created to cope with the discomfort of stillness. And even though I'm learning to be still with myself and learning to live my life in my own skin and on my own terms. I still have a pull towards busyness. And I I like people and I like being doing lots of interesting things. So it's hard for me to draw the line between like t- saying yes to every possible thing that I can and actually mindfully really only doing what I want to be doing. So that's a word that I'm going to use to ground myself and be mindful of my choices as I start filling my calendar and my life back up when the world opens back up again. And it's also guiding me, even in recent days, I've noticed how having that word has really helped me. Uh, You know, every time I get an email from my favorite yoga store that is having an amazing Boxing Day, Boxing Week sale right now, I keep reminding myself, Jean, you have hit the maximum capacity for yoga pants. (laughs) Like... It's not possible for me to wear all the yoga pants that I have right now, never mind buying more, even though they are on for a great price and they're really cute and they're things I don't have right now. I don't need them. And I'm enjoying having less. I'm enjoying cleaning out my closet and having it be tidier and just only having the things I need, the things I use. So I'm reminding myself of that. And it It's just amazing how having a word like that helps you day to day. So if you haven't done it yet, and no matter where you're at on this recovery journey, whether you're a long time into it and you're just ticking along and things are easy, or if you're at the very, very beginning, or if you haven't started yet, if you're thinking about it, I encourage you to just sit back and choose a word for this year that you can make your touchstone. You can literally put it on a stone. You can put it on a bracelet or, you know, something where you see it, a little sign on your desk where it'll just be there to remind you. And I've seen some really fantastic words that people choose every year. I actually want to share with you some of the words that were 
in the book, The Unpickled Holiday Survival Guide, which is a book I wrote last year to help people navigate the holiday season. I mean, we're just through it. (laughs) So thank you to everyone who bought it again this year. There's a section in each chapter where um, friends from online, I reached out to them and asked them to share some of their experiences for each chapter. And there's a section on the word of the year. And here are some of those words from that book. So this is from Liz, who at this time was 14 months sober. Her word of the year, she says, my word of the year is peace. I am so much more at peace with myself without alcohol in my life. Exponentially fewer regrets, no more hangovers. Whenever I have the occasional thought it would be nice to pick up a drink, I remind myself of the peace that I've created within and how drinking would destroy it. Margaret, who was at this time five and a half years sober, wrote just this. This means I will focus on one thing at a time. Sherry wrote, I've never heard of the word of the year, but if I had to choose one, it would be pray. I have learned to pray when I don't know what to do or what not to do. I pray for the willingness to be willing. Kat, who at the time of writing this book was at 150 days sober, wrote, If I think of one now, it would be revival, because it has been a journey of soul-searching, renewal, and rejuvenation combined to revive my spirit. Jan, who at one year and ten months of sobriety responded, wrote, Calm was my word this year. It reminded me to be calm and breathe when I was a hot mess. I usually operate at about a 7 normally, so when I get amped up to a 10, it's not good. If I remind myself about my word, it brings instant results. I stop, calm myself, and breathe. Marie, who responded at 900 days of sobriety, wrote, This year, my word was wholeheartedly. This is how I want to live my life. It has definitely helped me in the decision-making, and it has helped me set boundaries as well. Julie, who was nine and a half years sober uh, when this book was written, wrote, Last year, it was belief. It helped me to believe in myself more. And Elizabeth, 23 months of sobriety, chose the word open-hearted, to be open to the possibilities, stay curious, and explore my emotions, and stay in the present. So the other thing I did in the Holiday Survival Guide was to include suggestions with each chapter for friends and family of how they can support a person in recovery. And when it came to the word of the year, I had a tip for friends and family to ask their loved one about their word of the year, ask why they've chosen it and what it means to them, and then to keep an eye out all year for small gifts that would include that special word. Uh, noting that craft fairs and online markets often have various itemized to customize, and a word of the year related gift is a thoughtful way to commemorate a sober milestone. So you could give that little tip to the people in your life who wonder how they could support you. Tell them what your word of the year is and tell them you would love a bracelet or a necklace or something for your desk with that word on it. That is a great way to involve the people in your life in your recovery. So word of the year, great tool, fantastic tool. I also wanted to say that as I do this short episode on my own this week, I just wanted to do it with the intention of holding space and that this is a time where my purpose in being here is to just send you 
my attention and a moment of my time to tell you that wherever you're at, I'm honoring it. And I realize the logistics that there are, you know, multiple people who listen to this podcast. So I don't say that in a, in a trite way of just throwing out placates or whatever nice words come to mind. I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I really mean that. So I'm just cultivating a feeling in my heart of thinking of where everyone is at as they will listen to this and knowing that even though you don't know me maybe and I don't know you, I'm reaching out to you by taking the time to do this and telling you that wherever you're at as you're listening to this, I honor it. If you're hurting, I honor your pain. If you're killing it, if you're doing so good, you're not even sure why you need to listen to recovery podcasts, I'm giving you a high five. And if you're somewhere in between, if you're meh, you know, I'm feeling pretty meh these days myself. Um, Let's honor that too. Let's just hold tight wherever we're at. And there are many people listening to this. It might be now, it might be in the future, but we all overlap. And right now you and I are overlapping because I'm speaking and you're listening. And there's beauty in that. There's the magic of recovery is in that, is in our connection, this overlap. And the internet is full of these little sparks of magic, this little bit of effort that we make for one another. I made the effort to hit record and to try to think of some useful things to offer you. And you made the effort to look up a podcast, download a podcast, put in your earplugs, go for a walk, whatever you're doing right now, however this is reaching you, however it's finding you. And our two efforts together created this moment. So in the Venn diagram where my life overlaps with your life, that's what I'm honoring is this moment right now. And it just gives me the goosebumps because it's just such a magical thing. And for those of you beginning in recovery, if you're feeling scared about going to a meeting or joining a recovery group or a program or trying an online meeting, it is all about this magic. And I muscled through and struggled on my own, mostly in secret, for the first years of my recovery. And when I finally reached out and started connecting with people, and granted, there wasn't as much 10 years ago as there is now. Right now, oh my goodness, you guys, you have so many options and so many excellent, fantastic ways to connect. For me, doing that just exploded my recovery and took it from something that was good, that I was doing, that was good for me, and that I was enjoying to being something that was like amazing and mind-blowing and fun. It made it fun. It lit me on fire. And I want that for you. It doesn't have to be a slog to go through this. So wherever you're at, if you're, <laughs> you know, some of you have months or weeks or years of recovery or you've been out of, in and out of recovery and there's still days where it feels like a slog, right? It feels, is that the right word? Slog, drag, it feels hard. That's normal. We all have good and bad days. But knowing that we have people we can reach out to, groups online that we can post to, people we trust, 
who we know are going through the same thing or have their own bad days, that makes it all worthwhile. That makes it so much better. And I guess I also wanted to share the idea that there's something that I really love about recovery. And it's that even though I'm feeling kind of down lately and kind of tired of pandemic restrictions and and just bleh, feeling bleh, I'm also feeling hopeful. And I know from experience that this feeling is temporary and it, it doesn't last forever. And the beautiful, beautiful thing about recovery is that wherever I am today is not where I'm going to be six weeks from now because I'm healing, I'm growing, I'm moving on. And so are you. And so when we do connect, when our lives overlap and we you know, have the experience to sit together, to listen to each other, to write to one another, it's with that knowledge that even if we're not perfect today, even if things aren't great today, we're in recovery. So we're working on it and we're ready for the next new thing. Just being in recovery means you're not stuck. And I always like to qualify that recovery and sobriety are kind of two different things. So sobriety means stopping whatever you're doing that's keeping you from the recovery. So all of this work, all of this healing, all of this therapy and personal growth that I've done, I couldn't do it while I was drinking because drinking just kept hitting the pause button. So for me, I had to stop the drinking and learn some new behaviors and find some new ways to comfort myself and to cope so that then I could do the work of healing. And that's the recovery piece. So that's how that I see that. That's how it makes sense to me. If you see it differently, let me know. I'm curious. I'm curious how it makes sense to you. I just wanted to read you a couple of poems to express that idea. Again, these are from The Ember Ever There. One is called Slippery. Hold me not to versions of yesterday. Do not pin me to the past. Grab my collar and I'll slip from the sleeves to leave you holding my garment like a shed skin. Love me where I am today, but search for me tomorrow. Do not assume you'll find me here, curled in shame, anchored in pain. I plan to move on, ever forward, ever onward, ever better, always trying, growing, healing, reaching, until I finally fade away. And that is my goal. You know, I, I got into recovery hoping to fix the part of me that was imperfect. And instead, what I learned to do was embrace that all of me was imperfect and that that was okay. Recovery was about exploring the imperfections to find out what needed repairing and tweaking and undoing and what needed strengthening. That's what it's all about. There's another poem along the same lines, and this one is called Reveal and Repeat. It's from a section of the book that is about the 12 steps. So listeners of this program know I did not get sober in a 12-step program or AA. I got sober on my own, and I sort of smorgasbordered or patchworked, sometimes we call it patchwork recovery, bits and pieces from different programs to try to piece together my own way of doing things. And in this book of poetry, I wrote a poem about each of the 12 steps to take the idea of the 12 steps and put them into a different language for those of us that don't do the 12 steps to see if maybe those concepts might be useful for us along the way. 
and something that we can consider without feeling like you know we are in the program or borrowing from the program. And in the course of doing this show, this bubble hour, I have interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people, many of whom are in the 12 steps. And they often talk about aspects of that program with such affection and such insight that I really have gained a lot from their perspective on it. So I wrote 12 poems about each of those 12 concepts to pay homage to people that are in the program or the program itself and what it's done for them, but also to put it in another language for those of us who don't use that method. It's just kind of another look at it. So this is about the 10th step, and in a a 12-step program, uh, step number 10 is to continue the process of working the steps after you've gotten through the previous steps. Reveal and repeat. Healing happens bit by bit. Edges soften and lift. Raw and tender flesh below exposed soaks in sunshine and fresh, crisp air. Dance around in this new skin. Stretch and reach Try the limits. See what it can do. Caress it. Slather it with fragrant oil. Live in it fully as it strengthens and sparkles, protecting the rest until it's time, and then bows and fades to opacity as something better emerges from beneath its surface. This is growth that need never end. Even the crone may hide spirited renewal behind milky eyes and open her heart to turn within again and again exploring with curiosity every pattern and outcome, willing to change despite settling bones, speckled skin, and a world content to just let her be. So that is a picture of how I see my recovery, is that I look forward to being 95, 96, 97 years old and still having a twinkle in my eye and still having a willingness to let go of where I'm at right now and shed that skin and dig a little deeper and be willing to embrace the next layer, the next level of growth and understanding. Sometimes we call it peeling the onion. And that's also what recovery feels like is just continually peeling that onion, continually being willing to look at something new. As the year ahead progresses... I hope that you will continue to enjoy and keep the bubble hour in your toolbox. I have got interviews scheduled right through to spring already, if you can believe it. I've got some incredible authors coming on the show, some coaches, some therapists, of course, people telling their own story. Just a little bit of everything is coming up in the year ahead. And I'm really excited about it. I look forward to sharing this with you. If there's something you want me to talk about on the show, if you have questions that you would like me to address, go ahead and email them to me, thebubblehour at gmail.com. And I will try and get to them a couple times a year. I like to do an Ask Me Anything show. So when people write in questions, I like to save them up and then do them in an episode. And also, sometimes people who want to share a little bit of their story but don't want to come on air will send me a little bit of an email to read on air, and I'm happy to receive those as well. So if you are sending me something that you hope I will read on air, put that in the subject line or put it in the body of the email because people also also sometimes just write to me just to share their story and share it with someone they trust. So if it's something you want me to read on air, let me know. 
so that I can save it in the right pile. And I guess that's all for this episode. So this is the bubble quarter hour, (laughs) not the bubble hour, but I'm glad you're here. I look forward to spending time with you weekly in the year to come. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're feeling hopeful. It is an exciting time. January always feels fresh and new. The days are starting to get longer. I'm here in Canada, so we really feel the shortened days. After December 21st, we get a couple minutes longer every day, so things are getting better. Let's move forward together. Let's hold hands and walk down this road together. It's an honor to do that. It is an honor to walk this road with friends, to shine a light for those that are a little ways behind us on the path and say, this is the way ahead, to wave a flag for those who have maybe lost their way or taken a turn and decided to reroute. You know, I'm happy to wave a flag and show you over here when you want to come back. And also to look ahead and to admire those that are ahead of us on the path and to show our gratitude for the way that we all support one another. That is what recovery is all about. That's what it means to me. And that's what I'm here to share with you. So off we go with season nine. That's all I have for you this week, everyone. But I promise you there is lots more to come in the weeks ahead. Until then, take good care. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power. Weakness head on me In a dark corner is where shame lies to hide We think you're strong just cause you'll keep it on the side It just stays in wait there to rob you of your pride Turn the light on Take back a little dignity I'm not looking for excuses I just want to be free from power Just want to